What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We have our Virginia Pro Preview, one of the biggest meets of all of powerlifting this year, and it's going to actually end the year off on a really, really high note because this is the first meet in the USAPL that is a part of this pro series. This was a very fun preview episode because one, Steve DeNovi starts off the episode of kind of breaking down why this meet is important in two ways. One, there's a lot of money at stake for people who are going to win best overall lifters. Um, I think the top five from both days, actually the pro and the masters get some money. If you place in the top five, a lot of money actually, because I think, I don't think the USAPL has given this amount of money for a single meet, maybe aside from the Arnold, but also, if you are a pro lifter, this is the first meet in the pro series, which actually you can accumulate some points doing this. So Steve actually does a really good job of breaking that down, what that means. And I think it's new information for a lot of people. But of course, we get into the storylines and there is a lot of storylines at this meet. We go into our predictions, who we think is going to be the top dogs, the top five lifters, the sub storylines, the sub battles. There is so much going on at this meet. We actually almost have to cover every single lifter on this roster because that's how stacked the roster is. Even if even if you're like out of the top five, there's still going to be incredible things happening. A lot of American records, maybe some unofficial world records can be broken. The return of a lot of lifters. Ray Williams comes to mind. Charles Apoco comes to mind. This is going to be a fantastic meet, and previewing this was a lot of fun because we talk about a lot of different things. Breakout performers, dark horses who can get into the top five. One of the most intriguing battles of Bob vs. Petrie. Ashton Ruska, if anyone could dethrone him, if anyone could actually squeeze into that uh, the top spot. We talk a lot about Daniel Clemens and Austin Perkins. It was a fantastic, fantastic episode to preview. It makes me excited to actually compete in this thing, but also spectate it. And also, I think a lot of people are going to appreciate the preview as well. Um, and, of course, we give our predictions. Probably ruffle some feathers, as we always do on Two White Lights with these previews. We're probably going to piss off one person. Actually, Steve, uh, I think attempted to piss me off the most, which I definitely felt that end. Um, you'll hear a little back and forth with that. But, you know, it's a preview show. You're going to get a lot of that. It was a lot of fun to record. Also, we talk about a little some a little fun thing we're going to do with some coaches. I think we, we alluded to it on the Two White Lights page, uh, what Two White Lights is thinking to uh, maybe add to this whole pro series as far as coaches and teams go. Again, great episode to record. I am very, very much looking forward to competing, but also spectating this meet. And I'm sure a lot of you are. It's going to happen this Saturday. But before we get into this episode, i got to talk to you guys about Left Lab Rose. Ladies and gentlemen, go to leftlabros.com. Follow them on Instagram as well. And check out the best merchandise in powerlifting. I have seen the future drops and they are fantastic. That's a little, that's a little, you know, a perk of being a, an athlete, a pro athlete, you know. And uh, and Leffler Bros, but they continuously come out. They continuously amaze me with what they are able to drop, what CB is able to drop, and also distribute to the powerlifters, and also help out the community as well. I really love what's going on LeffleRBros dot com or at Leffler Bros, and I and I am just 
urging you to get the merch because it is the best looking merch in powerlifting. They continuously come out with different things. You know how, like, beginning when I was talking about Left Floor Bros, I was talking about the baseball tees? Well, now I'm just on a completely new kick of dad hats and joggers because Left Floor Bros has killed it with the dad hat and joggers. Also, tank tops as well. A lot of tie-dye shirts. You know I love my tie-dye shirts. They continuously come up with new designs that I love and I know you guys love as well. You're going to look good in the gym, on the platform, and also outside of the gym as well. They're a triple threat. Use promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money on any Leflar Bros merchandise. Also, they're supporting some pro athletes at the Virginia Pro, myself and Christina Paraki as well. And I think also, if time, if, if time will tell, but we're going to have more pro athletes on that roster. So Leffler family is growing. I love to see it. Powerlifting loves to see it. And also, I love to see Two White Lights merchandise on LeffleurBros.com too. Two White Lights merchandise is also designed by CB, so it's a little collab between Two White Lights and Leffler Bros. If you want to call it a collab, I'm going to call it a collab. Their merchandise or their designs that they come up with for Two White Lights have been fantastic. I love everything that has been dropped. I love everything that I've seen. And... It's all available on leftlarbros.com. So even if you go to twowhitelights.com, hit that shop link, it will bring you to two white or leftlarbros.com, and you can use that same promo code, 2WL15, to save yourself some money on Leftlarbros merchandise and Two White Lights merchandise as well. Make sure you are doing that. Also, go to lift.net and get yourself some stoic gear. I wear stoic gear in the gym and on the platform because it is the best. It is quality. You're not paying for a logo. You're not paying for a brand name. You're paying for quality when you get Stoic gear. Sleeves, singlet, wrist wraps, nothing can beat it. And also, it's affordable. Quality and price, nothing beats Stoic. Use promo code ANGELO10 to even save yourself some more money on the best powerlifting equipment out on the market right now. Again, you're going to see me in some Stoic gear. You're going to see some other lifters in Stoic gear. And you're going to see more lifters, more pro lifters in Stoic gear as well. So make sure you are going to lift.net. Use promo code ANGEL10 to save yourself some money on Stoic gear. Also, get yourself some no-slip trip Notorious Lift slippers on NotoriousLift.com. And follow on Instagram as well. Make sure you're signing up for the newsletter because I'm telling you, everything sells out so quick. They're re-releases even sell out quick. Don't miss out on it. Sign up for the newsletter. Use promo code ANG15, that's ANG15, to get yourself some Notorious Lift slippers. I'm telling you, the colorways, like the continuous drop, everyone is going to find some sort of slipper that, one, is not only going to help their deadlift, but make them look damn good while deadlifting, and that is really all you need. Use that promo code ANG15, ANG15, to save yourself some money on Notorious Lifts, No Slip Drip Slippers. Sign up for the newsletter and do not miss out on the drop because I'm telling you, they will run out of your size in like five minutes. They will do it. Sign up for the newsletter. Use that promo code ANG15. Also, subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review. I appreciate every single one of you who have had a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It means a lot to us. It helps us a lot, too. This new equipment is actually a large part to some of the positive reviews we've got. So I thank you for that. Also, we're on twowhitelights.com as well. We have the website. More content is being put on the website as we speak, especially with this pro series coming. So be on the lookout for that. Make sure you're subscribing to the podcast also on twowhitelights.com. And without further ado... Here it is, 
two white lights. Oh baby, I like it raw. Yeah, baby, I like it raw. Oh baby, I like it raw. Yeah, baby, I like it raw. Shimmy, shimmy, y'all, shimmy, yeah, shimmy, yeah. Give me the mic so I can take her away. Off on the natural charge, bone for yards. Yeah, from the home of the Dodger Brooklyn squad. Who take the hubbies on the score? Rain on the college ass disco And as promised. I got with me Steve DeNovi, and we have a patented Two White Lights preview show for the Virginia Pro, and I think Nationals was exciting, but this one hits a little different. Yeah, because this is this is the start of the new USAPL. Like this is this is this is the beginning of the Pro Series of this new landscape of what we're going to be looking at. Uh, I mean, the first time. Outside of Nationals, we've had a meet like this. Like, we have the Arnold, but the, if you could say an issue with the Arnold is people are all separated. Mm-hmm. Like, you got some people pulling uh, record uh, unofficial world records in raw challenges, a.k.a. Angelo Fortino, and then you've got people in the Pro-American, and then you got people in the Grand Prix, which should change because with this Pro Series now, it's kind of flip-flop a little bit. But we've never had this much talent in one meet like this, like one small meet. Like, I, I think I did the numbers. If you were to take out the U.S. lifters from Worlds and then compare good lift scores to the nominated good lift scores from the top 15 at this meet, it is just as competitive as Worlds. Yeah, I was going to actually say, is this a meet, is this, a, this is going to piss off a lot of people, but is this a meet like that rivals or is more competitive than Worlds? Because I think everywhere you look, you have a world, you have a Worlds level competitor, not necessarily within the United States because they don't win nationals, but Globally, yes, they're definitely world class. Uh, insert them into any other nation, and they are probably their representative to represent their country. And they're all competing at once, and it's it does yield really interesting battles and storylines. Um, I'm I'm always a proponent of the weight class system. I think that's the best way to have powerlifting. But this still, it's 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 like a, a the natty version of the Kern, but better in my opinion. Yeah. Well, and there's, there's multiple aspects to this makes this interesting is one, what I think a lot of people have kind of talked about and looked at this meet. Oh, it's funny. It's going to pay out money to the top five lifters. And that's very true. That's super cool. Um, if someone's complaining that there's paying out a good deal of money, I don't know what they're complaining about. That's all we've been asking for forever mm-hmm. is money to get into power. Lifting. Yeah. Which is cool. But if that was the extent of this meet, it's kind of a one-off thing. Like it just happens. And then we kind of forget about it to an extent, like the showdown happens. And then have we talked about it since? No, like the showdowns, not until next year. But again, thing is though, that this is now part of the point series and what every lifter does in this meet has lasting effects over the next year. And so what I don't think a lot of people know is so like with, with Sabre, he's running the Virginia pro um, he's doing men and women combined based off a coefficient score for top prize money, which I think is super cool. But the USAPL point series is men and women separated. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's say we're going to get to rankings here, but let's say Natalie Richards places sixth, which is going to be outside the money, I believe. I believe it's just top five. She places sixth in the Virginia Pro, but if she gets first for women's, she gets 50 points towards the Pro Series. 
And we've kind of talked about the pro series. It's going to be the combination of two meets, one, including nationals, and then whatever your best finish is in another pro meet to be able to qualify you for the possibility of the grand prix in uh, 2023. So uh, we're going to have different battles here. We're going to have battles for placing um, in the sense of the actual meet, but we might actually, we're going to be looking at battles too of like that. You might have Natalie having to decide, ah, do I want to try and pull in the fifth place or do I need to defend against Sam? Because I got to make sure I beat Sam to get first overall to get my 50 points, which is then going to be the pro series over the next year. That 50 points is going to matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what we need in powerlifting. That's what we kind of were, we were kind of hoping for in powerlifting is whenever we watch a meet, every moment of it is something that we can pay attention to or something that's interesting, or something that captures the uh, the excitement of the viewer, because all of that matters. Where this meet, like, even initially when it was announced, you know, it was Ashton, Amanda, Heather Connor, Taylor Atwood, you know, kind of confirmed on the list, but now since they dropped out, it's become a little bit more interesting, but even if they were doing the meet, then after them, it's still a very interesting meet because of this point system. It's going to be a a chess match, but for sure it's going to yield some really good storylines, some really good battles between lifters, some sub storylines, and something that the fan of the USAPL and even IPF, and I think if you're just a fan of powerlifting, every single person will appreciate just watching. Yeah, and we've got a lot of storylines. I mean, literally, there's 25 competitors. We probably can make a storyline for every single one and make this a six hour episode because we have so many interesting things to think about over this next year, like Michael C going up to 82.5 kilo. That's a great class for him. He may not quite be, I mean, he might be there depending on people lift. I mean, he, he's kind of right on the outskirts of what I think is the top five, but like, let's say he doesn't get top five. What he does at this new weight is going to give us a lot of info, kind of what we're looking towards of him being an 82.5 lifter. Mm-hmm. We've got Jamar Royster. I think everyone wants to see what happens when Jamar doesn't cut weight, which he's not doing that here. Will we see Jamar put on the platform what we see him doing in the gym? We've got Marcus Adodo been crushing training. We've got Jake Amendola benching 620 in uh, in uh, training. We've got Dave Wilson hitting insane numbers from what he did at Nationals. Uh, one of my lifters, Demetria Thayton. I'm going to put a storyline here. I don't know if Heather Connor, what she's doing. I feel like I've gotten the hint she's not going USAPL. Have you gotten that hint? I have no idea at this point. I, I don't if Heather I don't Connor, If Heather Connor leaves, we then have a very interesting, probably about three-way battle between Demetria, Katerina, and Mallory Brown for the 48-kilo title. Yeah. And so we just saw Mallory Brown put it through 82.5. We got to see where Demetria's at. That could be very interesting and kind of a highlight of what we're going to be seeing coming nationals. Uh, we got the return of Charles Ocapoco not return he did compete but he was hurt but this is like his true return based on how his training's going and then a huge one uh ray williams is competing yeah that that's not talked about much but ray williams is competing soon uh, we got christina paraki looking like she's hitting prs again in training um could she return to being a possible national champion at 56 kilo i don't know we, we could go I, I could we're going to talk about all these things As- but there is so many storylines here. Yeah, as you talk, I keep on forgetting about things, and then you remind me. Because, like, all these, I mean, I'm competing in it, and all these lifters, I would love to just see compete at one meet. And it's usually nationals, and it's not going to be nationals, or the Arnold, and it's not. It's, it's, at this, it's at this new style of meet, which is a pro meet, and 
like, I mean, I, I completely forgot Jake Amendola, and he's one of my favorite lifters to watch. He'll be there, and he's always entertaining to watch. David Wilson is another guy who flies under the radar a lot. He's kind of a low-key dude, but his training looks great, and he's a guy who can really make some noise in whatever weight class he decides to do. Uh, and then, yeah, and then we kind of keep on burying it. We're, Ray Williams. Anytime Ray Williams competes, it's a show. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's top Ray or Ray of the, the recent. It's still Ray Williams. He's still going to throw on 900 pounds on the bar, hopefully. And we are all curious what he does, what he can do. And I mean, and we're just talking about the sub stories here because we're not even talking about the top five. We're going to get into more detail here uh, soon, but that's, that's when you were talking and describing this meet. It is, it is incredible. And it, it finally feels just from a person who's actually going to be competing in the meet. It finally feels like this is a professional type of event where nationals and Arnold feels that way. Of course, in our own minds, but now it really feels that way. Like we are starting to take upon this identity of a professional league or a professional organization where lifters are really honing in on the fact that they are pros and they are going to compete against fellow pros. Yeah. And it, a neat day, I think it's only going to be more hype. Um, I think most of the people listening to this podcast have seen a Sabre meet. Sabre throws incredible meets. Yeah, very well organized um, meet. It's going to be unbelievably high production. It's going to be a great live stream. It's probably going to run flawlessly because he he check marks and double checks every single aspect of all of his meets. This, I, I don't see this not living up to the hype. Um, I'm actually not well going to say that because I get scared because I feel like I jinx it. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be like, maybe it, it won't because you're scaring me by saying that, especially the live stream. Here's, part. Why I, here's why I say I don't think it cannot. I don't, I don't think it won't. I think it, okay, reset. I am saying it is going to live up to the height for the reason that we know that some of these lifters we're going to talk about are not going to have the meets we expect. Mm -hmm. That is powerlifting. Not every single lifter is going nine for nine and hitting PR totals. This meet is so deep, though, that that doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, I've got, I mean, I'm just going off a good lift score. I've got Dave Wilson ranked 10th off a projected good lift score. If you wanted to bet me 100 bucks that Dave Wilson's getting top five, um, and I, I would not bet against that. I would uh, not take that bet. Speaking of betting, it just speaking a of betting, miss list and Dave going nine for nine and boom, he's top five. Speaking of betting, this would be the best meet so far to actually put odds on. This would by far yes. be the best, not nationals. Cause there's too many lifters at nationals and there are too many weight classes. But at this meet, if again, I mean, I'm definitely not savvy enough to put together some odds, but yeah, the spreads, you can put on these lifters to get into top five or top three. Uh, it would actually be great because like you just said, Dave Wilson, you have him slated at 10th. That means if you put a hundred dollar bet on him and he was projected to be 10th and he goes top five, you might've just won yourself $500 in a return. So yeah, it is going to be that great. It feels like a professional events already. I think lifters are actually going to embrace the professionalism of the me too. And I really hope it, I see it already, you know, Instagram titles and, you know, funny stories aside, I do think though, people are really starting to, to cherish the fact that they are considered professionals. I think that's a good thing. I think that's an important thing. Also, I am trying to get everyone to make sure that they are dressed up 
going into weigh-ins to make it seem like we're about to head into the locker room for uh, for a Sunday night football. You have a plan. You have a plan for what you're wearing. Yeah, I do. It changed a little bit because I cut my hair. I had an I had an so, outfit ready for long hair, but now it's short for hair. Good I luck, Omen. For good luck, Omen. I'm wearing a hoodie with cut off sleeves and some joggers. <laughs> yes, I feel like that would guarantee idea. my lift is the best possible. Fantastic. Yeah, that would. That's that's that is a fantastic uh, wardrobe attire. But yeah, I'm excited to see it. Um, and unless there's anything else to add, I think we get to start talking about them. Yeah, to get into the actual projection projections and everything. So. Yep. Yep. So. So. Oh. We've got a we've got a clear favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anyone's surprised that Ashton is the favorite to win this. Yeah, I'm putting him down to win. I assume you're putting him down to win. His training's going. Um, he just what hit that eight ten four sixty eight and eight sixty five on his final heavy day. Um, I, I don't really see a way he's not winning this. The only caveat I'll throw out there is he did switch back to sumo Mm -hmm. and it's looking really good, but he's had lockout issues with sumo in the past at meets. Um, That is the one kind of question mark I'm going to put there is we might see him go six for six and miss his final deadlift. I think even with his final deadlift, he probably still wins, but he does take big jumps. If he's taking a really big jump from that second to third deadlift, Maybe he could leave the door open if these next people we're going to talk about just have like their super meat. Because um, I mean, I've got I've got Ash probably going like 120 good lift score. He does weigh more, so that's actually one thing to kind of he might hit a big PR total, but he might not actually PR as a good lift score because I think he, he he put he's weighing 227. I don't know where I saw that. I think I saw that on one of his posts. Um, but that's that's a decent amount more from when he I think he had his best good lift score from last year's winter record. So. Um, I think if you take, I mean, if he goes under 2,100, maybe that puts him around 116 to 117. And that's where I think maybe some people could pass him up, but I mean, most likely he's winning it. I mean, he's arguably the best lifter on the planet, um, on any given day. So Ash is my favorite. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. He's definitely the odds on favorite, um, you know, going to betting terms, he's the money line favorite. He would have the best odds for him to win. And it's it's one of those things that I always say, if you're relying on someone to miss lifts, then they're better than you. That's that's how it is. You have They have to miss lifts in order for you to win. He has to miss lifts in order for someone else to pull in there. And I think that could, I mean, because we can talk all day about how amazing Ash is with his training, and he is a juggernaut. But is there a possibility that he leaves the door open for someone else? And he, I think there actually is at this meet. I think if he misses and has a down meet, a really down meet, um, I think, I think we do have a lot of contenders up there, and I actually would say some contenders that you wouldn't expect. I think initially when this roster was released, not with the whole you know Amanda Lawrence, Heather Connor, and uh, Taylor Atwood, because that is a completely different meet. But when the uh, the the current roster is released, I think most people put Austin Perkins to be that potential guy to do it. And he can definitely do that if he has a meet over 800. But the other guys are a little bit unexpected because you, in my opinion here, Bob Petrie and Daniel Clements, 
those are the guys who I actually think have a better shot right now at taking that first spot away from uh, Ashton based on how their training is going. Yeah, and I'll say, I mean, Brandon Petrie in particular, I, 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 I'll I even say I wasn't looking at him when they first released this roster to possibly be a money winner. Uh, he's a fantastic lifter. I just didn't know if he would be in that spot. Um, he is looking very strong to possibly take second overall. And, and, and we're, we're going to talk about the, the people, I mean, all four of those and the possibility of them taking over Ash. But the biggest storyline in the entire meet for me is Bob versus Brandon. Mm-hmm. That's that's looking like that could possibly be the future of that new 100-kilo division. Um, and I literally have them totaling the exact same thing. Um, I'm not going to give too much away, but I messaged Marcellus, and I was like, hey, this is what I got them doing, the exact same thing. You don't need to tell me what you've got them doing, but how close am I to thinking they're going to do the exact same thing? And he's like, that's not that far off. Mm-hmm. They're going to be, I mean, they're going to be going tit for tat. I think Bob's got a maybe a little bit on squat, maybe. It's squat's pretty close. I think Brandon maybe has him a little bit on the bench, and then maybe Bob has a little bit on deadlift. That, that'll be insane. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think, I mean, and Daniel Clements, has been tearing it up. He just hit a 562 squat. That was easy. He had a 700 pound deadlift in training. He's missed 700 at nationals, but I, I think 700 is going down. I, I literally, I've got between uh, second through fifth place here. I've got a 116.12 good lift score to a 115.41 good lift score. That is one lift. If anyone misses one lift, it shuffles that entire thing around. Yeah. Um, and then. I don't want to leave her out because I, I I think she's kind of outside looking in, but I've got her pretty solidly in six, my sixth spot is Natalie Richards. Mm-hmm. She could, I don't know if she can sneak in the top two just based on where I have her. Cause I, I expect at least one of those four guys to have a fantastic meet and, and possibly challenge Ash. And this is one Natalie though, if those guys out too much and she goes nine for nine, she could wind up in third, I think. Yeah, I well no, she's definitely up there as far as people who can break through, and I th- actually think she's going to be my breakthrough performer of the meet. I already have her slated as that because Natalie Richards is a world class lifter. She is a definite contender. I actually might put her on a favorite to win nationals um, this upcoming year. And if if it was if it she's going up a weight class, oh yeah, I, yeah, with the new weight classes. But I mean. Yeah, it does seem well. I actually, but even with Carolina primetime this year, that was one thing with Natalie that I saw. Carolina primetime. If you took her and just put her into nationals, I think she's up there as far as one to two. Like that's how good she is, and that like, and I think no, because Carolina primetime happened a week before nationals. Like we talked about with our past two interviews with Celine and Brandon, people just forgot about what happened. So people forgot about what happened, and it just got kind of swept under the rug that Natalie Richards is like a top contender to win. Um, I think she could break into three, but right now the way Petrie and Brandon are looking, I think one you're going, I think, I think Bob is already, uh, I mean, um, not Petrie and Brandon, uh, Petrie and Bob, the way Bob, Bob is already kind of broke onto the scene. I think everyone knows what Bob is capable of. Um, you know, a top 10 in 93, his first USAPL meet, he, he gets, I think second at juniors, uh, in 93. I could be wrong about that, but he had a fantastic first uh, Nationals meet. Petrie, I think, is going to be a massive, massive surprise to a lot of people because people, even if they listen to the show, just don't know what he's capable of. And 
these are going to be, I think, the two guys in the 100-kilo weight class that are going to kind of be battling within the top five spot for years to come. And also, I think it's going to be the most entertaining weight class going forward if you really look at what 100 kilos can do. Because what those guys, what uh, Bob can do and Petrie can do, entertains everyone. The way they lift, the weight they lift, the way they present themselves, they are people that your eyes are just glued onto when they lift. And they, I think, are going to be the stars of this meet. Them going back and forth, the way they approach things, the way they approach their training, the way they approach a platform, those are two guys who are really leaning into being professional. Those two guys are going to stand out from this meet. And I am so excited. This is just the beginning of potentially a rivalry within team craftsmanship. Also, shout out to Marcellus for just having these two fucking guys in his roster. Just, just right there going, they're going to be battling each other for, I don't know, years to come. And he has them both on the roster. So I am very excited for that. And then you mentioned Daniel Clements. And also Austin Perkins is in there too. Daniel Clements though has a disadvantage because he's in the first flight. So that's where it kind of, yep. but, but to me, if I'm just picking this, I, when rosters were released and I also, he was on it late, Daniel Clements becomes my, my second. If, if if even if he was in the second flight, he still is going to pull before yeah, massive disadvantage. Uh, Brandon and Bob, Brandon and Bob will still have the ability to pull after. Him. So it, it bit, uh, but yeah, I mean Daniel, I I could easily see him going eight for eight and then pulling something big on deadlifts. And he if he hits that final deadlift and he's in the first flight and he's gone nine for nine. Uh, he is going it I'm still gonna say it's a disadvantage, but does that not kind of put it in the head of like a Brandon and Bob and Austin of okay, now I have to do this. Yeah. I don't do this. I already know what I have to do now. If I don't do this, I can't beat Daniel. There, there's a little bit of like there's a little bit of benefit sometimes to going first and kind of setting that standard and like even though people have the ability to beat it's a disadvantage. But if people all of a sudden have to start pushing because they know that what you did is is, is going to be on the edge of their boundaries, um, it might change some attempt selection. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was thinking about that, too, because uh, I think me and Brandon actually talked about it because we've been training together uh, periodically throughout this uh, prep. And he was talking just to me about mine. He's like, this is probably the only time in your career where you're not pulling last. I'm like, yeah, I guess it is. And that actually, and I think about it, I'm like, well, I guess I just have to hope for everyone to miss after me. Because that, I mean, that's all I could really do, right? I'm not going to throw something on the bar that's going to just be stupid that I can't pull. I mean, if I have the final pull, maybe I'll consider it just based on how things are. But you just kind of have to take what's there for a lot of these lifters. So that's that's kind of the strategy. But Daniel kind of just sets it off, and he's really not looking at anyone else's competition. He can kind of just go and let it loose. And, yeah, that, that might work in the other way where it dictates their other attempts. But hold on. Hold on, hold on. We can't not talk about Austin Perkins because he will use this to call himself underrated and overlooked. We we almost did it. We almost we got almost got close there. He is if he so him at eight hundred I think wraps up number two spot. If he totals eight hundred, he's number two. He's number two and very possibly get number one if he goes. Yeah, 
I mean, that, that puts him like 118, 119. He, he could knock on the door of Ashton very easily. It's just that, like, I, I don't know if I see that from his training, mm-hmm. like 800 again. Um, he also hit that 800 in a local meet. I could see like 780-ish, which if he does 780, that pretty solidly, in my opinion, at number two. Like Daniel, Bob, or Brandon would have to do something nutty to be able to pass up uh, Austin, who weighs light. If he's still weighing light at like 159, 160, it'd be pretty darn hard to beat him if he goes 780. I think that's very possible. And he he's done pretty good at going eight for nine or nine for nine. Most of his meets, he's done that. Um, so we'll see. That, 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 that's kind of a question mark because he's always tended to hit a lot bigger lifts in competition than he does in training. So we're going to kind of have to see now with Joe kind of how that taper and peak works for him. Mm-hmm. But I, I would say he has the upper hand just because good lift score tends to bias towards his weight class a bit. Um, so if he can go 780, I, I think he probably is going to put a lot of pressure on everyone else. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's, that's kind of that's kind of where my head's at on that one. Um, I I don't think 800's there for him this meet. I'll be very surprised if he does, and he could you know do whatever he wants on Instagram. Just tell me that I'm wrong and tell me that I was overlooking him and he's underrated. Um, he can do that if he would like to, but I I think but I do think 782 is there, and also you know the Taylor Atwood uh, the the Taylor the aura of Taylor Atwood kind of. <laughs> diminishes that amazing total because even when C told it, I think he totaled 777 at a meet or 775 and people were like, Oh, I mean, he only totaled 775 and I had to shake my head. Like, are you fucking serious? He totaled 775 at 74 kilos. That is a ridiculous total. So now like if he totals 785 perk, people are like, Oh, well, you know, Taylor Atwood told 838. It's like, that's the aura that he sets on people. Um, speaking of Taylor Atwood, though, it was funny. Austin, I think, was trying his hardest to take the Taylor Atwood route and not post his lifts, but he just couldn't do it today. He just <laughs> couldn't fucking do it. He's like, God damn, I got to show King of the Lifts his 292 squat or 290 squat, and he did. And I'm like, yep. Yeah. I'm like, I knew for sure that 617 was not his top single. So I'm like, oh, he's – He's old enough on us, but today he had to drop it on us because it's it's hard not to. It's hard to be Taylor Atwood in a lot of ways. I guess not posting your lifts is one of the hardest ways it is to be Taylor Atwood. So I thought that was hilarious today. Yep. So um, we'll. I'm sure we're going to come back around to it of the actual predictions. So I've got I've got a whole scenario already played out in my head of what's going to happen. That's where my predictions are coming from. Um, there's one person in this list that we're kind of skipping over that is actually coming in nominated third. And that's a guy named Angelo Fortino. So I'm going to do some predictions on Angelo Fortino. Now to prove to some two white lice, white listeners that we're not biased and we don't hate on anyone. I'm not going to give Angelo the greatest prediction here. I'm probably going to get called sexy, racist towards Italians at this point for not saying he's going to win the meet and set 10 kilo PRs on every lift. But when I'm looking at Angelo's training, and I'll tell full disclosure, I have not asked Angelo anything about his training leading into this episode. We have not talked about it at all. So I don't have any insight other than what I see on Instagram. 
training's not going bad, but you don't, I haven't seen the same momentum as leading in the nationals. Like everything's about five to seven and a half kilos less. I don't know bench. I haven't really seen much of, so I don't know if there's maybe a possible like injury on bench. So I'm predicting like, if you could about match what you did at nationals, that would be fantastic. But in in that, if all you do is match what you did at nationals, that might, might crack into the top 10 with how people are looking. But I, I don't I don't see it being like the the breakout meet you had in nationals going 800 kilos. I'm sure that's going to happen again. It's just that at least the momentum I see leading into this meet um, it doesn't put you in that same trajectory that you had leading into nationals. Well, if I can quote Silvio from Sopranos, this is just anti-Italian American hate. That's all it is. That's all I see. This is the first on Two White Lights where I've seen anti-Italian American hate, and I did not expect it to come from an Italian American himself. But here we are. We're doing that. Um, I, I don't know. I don't even know. Like I, you're, you're kind of spot on, and it pisses me off. But yeah, you know, this is this is probably the meat. That why people call us sexist because we're spot on. Yeah. Oh no, you're you're gonna get a. I mean, oh yeah, this is this is. I mean, it's misogynistic. It's that's what it is. It's you're being a misogynist. Also, hashtag bad journalism again. I mean, you've done your research, and the prediction that you've said doesn't favor me in a way. So that's bad journalism on your part. So one, kudos. We only accept bad journalism on two white lights, and uh, two, I don't have a second one. I just say one too much, but. Yeah, you're yeah, you're kind of spot on though. Um, yeah, I think everyone could tell. Like training is uh, definitely not the momentum as nationals for me. I know, and I actually didn't know I was ranked third coming into the meet. I kind of put myself at, like seventh or eighth already. Um, which like I think I think Ashley even told me he's like you're ranked third going into the meet. I'm like oh fuck. Like okay, well I guess <laughs> I guess it's I mean it might disappoint a few. Lady sitting next, right, or lady behind me. If I don't come away with some money here, but uh, yeah, the momentum isn't there with this training block uh, as it was with nationals. We're still hitting RPEs, and we're actually being way more um, conservative with actually hitting RPEs. Like we are hitting eights and nines, and we are classifying it as eights and nines. Not like nationals where we were pretty much hitting nines. For a lot of that, but it was just such a heavy, and we were building so much momentum, we just didn't want it to stop. Um, if I could total 808, I would be very happy. Um, bench, benchers, I mean, there's a shoulder thing coming up, but really, I wouldn't call it, it's more of a, actually, there's more of a injury on my, well, not an injury, but more of a hurt. Let's play the game hurt or injured. More of there's just like that tweak in my hip when I squat and I don't have the same rebound as I do. And it's kind of affecting me on deadlifts. Um, shoulders affecting me on deadlift just a bit. And that's kind of dictating why we're being conservative with everything. Um, if I can go 808, that'll be great. And with bench press, me and Joe already talked about it. We just got to sit down and have a long, long, long conversation about my bench press. Because if I was pissed off about my bench progress going into nationals, I am more pissed off about it now. It's just not been going well. Uh, I'll take a lot of the blame for that. But, yeah, I think for this, me this meet, um, which, by the way, I love doing this, by the way. It's total narcissistic talk. Uh, me for this meet, take what's there on the day. And 
Well, whatever whatever Joe calls, I'm going to try to hit. But obviously, we're going to take a very cons- we're we're going to do what me and Joe always do. He's going to see my second attempt. I'm going to give him the signal if it was good or if it was bad, and then he makes the call. And most of the time, it's really accurate. And if we even if we make a two and a half kilo total our PR total, I will be very happy about that. Um, if we can match our, our PR total from nationals, I'll be very happy about that as well. But take what's there for the day, and hopefully every single person behind me misses. That's that's my that, goal for the that, that's kind of what, That's what I was kind of looking at the problem best case scenario was like a two and a half kilo PR on each lift. Because you, you probably had two and a half kilos on every lift in national, other than maybe bench. Like you had another two and a half on deadlift and squat. So um I, I can see it. And that's something too. You typically go nine for nine, barring you YOLO a deadlift or whatnot. Mm-hmm. You hit your lift. So that's one of those things where like, I've got you rank seven. If you hit all your lifts and other people are trying to jockey and they're making some bad choices because we know not everyone, if hardly anyone's going nine for nine. Probably most people are going to be eight for nine. So if you go nine for nine, we might be coming back and saying you're fourth overall just because you say if you just let the, the cards unfold, you hit a deadlift and then you let everyone else kind of yellow their deadlift to try and pull in the place and they missed. And then you're like uh, uh, kind of a Cameron Smith type thing at nationals mm-hmm. where he, he, he hit his deadlift and then just waited and everyone just missed there. So the rest of the flight and then he got third because of that. Yeah. I mean, that's really what I'm hoping for is like a legit scenario. Like that's all I really can't do. Like you can't like, I've, I've always like where people are asking me about my strategy, this meet, like there's no way I'm going to try and overreach on like on actually any of the three lifts. I know when I train, I know what I can't hit. And like, even for deadlift, for example, because everyone has this stupid fucking idea of like, you could pull 800. I'm like, no, I can't, I cannot pull 800 right now. I know for a fact I can't pull 800. It's like, Anything over 350 would be ridiculous. Like, if we hit 350, I would be so incredibly elated to just hit that. But anything above that, no. Even if, I mean, if there, if I had the last pull and money was on the line, we would just attempt it just to do it. Because why not? There's no reason not to. But, like, it's you're, that's not going to be a scenario. You're going to have a lot of 800-pound pullers at this meet. I'm probably going to be in the middle of the pack as far as deadlifts go. So... I'm if – if I'm one thing, it's a, just a knowledgeable lifter on what I can't hit for a day, and that's probably what's going to be put on the bar. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's kind of my, my, uh, my prep in a nutshell. Also, I'm doing a very good job of just exposing myself to all my competition. Who says you can't do that, Taylor Atwood? I just did it. I just gave post, all my weaknesses and strength. Lift. Yeah, I post every yeah, lift I've ever done. Stuff. You have no secrets, but I look at you, Natalie, Sam, Michael C, and Dave Wilson. I can't leave Marcus Adoto out either. I can't. I How about Marcus Jamar, out. though? I can't I, leave him out either. I, based on the numbers I have for him, it would take uh, it would take some people missing. I think he could have amazing week, but I'm looking at good lift score. The issue is, is his numbers are probably going to go way up, but his body. Body weight, he weighs around 198. That's what I had him. If I'm wrong on that, that, that that's going to change things. But I had him at 198 for body weight if he's going to come in there. Even if he adds a ton to his total, it doesn't drastically help his good lift score. Like it actually, based on the numbers I have, he would almost 
get a hundred pound PR total, but he'd only increase his good lift score by 1.5. Ah, okay. That's, that's the issue there. Um, but so he could be, in, I, he very well could be in it. Jake could be in it. Anyway, I, I, I don't want to discredit any of these people, but I, I look at probably you, Natalie, Sam, and to me, Michael Snee as the people who could sneak into that money um, with the best chance. Um, and then ne- the next kind of tier, to my opinion, is Jamar, Marcus, uh, and Jake. Um, I think they they can get there, but they they probably need some people to miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, again, it's off a good list score. It's not discrediting the fact that they're going to put up insane totals for the weight class. This is a good list score. There, there's, there's some differences here of how this is going to tally out. And we also don't know, are all these people going to even cut weight or not cut weight or what's going to happen there? That's kind of interesting what people are going to do. Is Angelo Fortino going to finally do a weight cut and weigh in at 175? Yeah, finally. I mean, everyone was wondering if I'll ever be a 175 lifter. Yeah, uh, that, that's actually an interesting thing to note. Like, I don't know where certain people weigh in at. Like, Daniel Clemens, is he coming to 67? Like, does, does, or does he go to 66? Because, I mean, I know that he can have the like the, the world record total at 66 and make it official, but uh, or make it unofficially official, if that makes any sense. But, yeah, the weight's going to be important. There's a lot of wild cards on here, too, and I'm still going through this roster being like, I can't believe we're not talking about this person, can't believe we're not talking about this person. But I think as far as people sneaking in, um, yeah, I think you hit the nail right on the head there. Um, Michael C. Actually, David Wilson for me. I really love David Wilson right now. He's looking good. He's looking good, I, good. I I may have put him in my top five if it wasn't for – it seems like he kind of ran into a little bit of some knee pain. Now, on meet day, maybe that's no issue. He had some blocks leading up to this where he just hit nutty things. And it seems like things slowed down just a tiny bit. But maybe with that taper and getting into the meat, he's not going to have any issue. But – I'll use Dave storyline. Who's going to pull I'll, I'll backtrack for a second. From what I've heard, it sounds like most people are going to get into their weight class to have their one last shot at American records. Cause this is like the last meet anyone can set American records for these weight classes before they reset to new ones. Mm-hmm. Um, Ashton and Dave are probably both eyeing the American record deadlifts at one Oh five. Yeah. Dave, Dave got it up, but didn't finish the lockout. Um, the 845, I think it was at nationals. Um, Ashton just hit 865. I see them both possibly making a run at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, and I actually didn't think about. I, I I honestly forgot about that as well. Just the old weight classes and are are going to be transitioning to the new ones. Uh, people are going to be actually searching for records there. But yeah, David Wilson. I mean, I really think he can break into the top five there. Um, I think he, as far as the dark horses go, I think. He would be my number one to be the person to kind of sneak into the money. Michael C is up there as well. Unless, I'm, I don't know, I might put Natalie Richards above him. This is why I don't like the whole combining of uh, female and male. Because, uh, I don't know, that, that one's hard. It's actually 1A and 1B almost. Natalie Richards, David Wilson, I'm, I'll flip a coin on that one. I actually might have Natalie Richards best based on the best overall. But, Michael C. Um, I, I think... He might stick with once or at seventy five kilos. I know he's cutting for this meat, but I think for the future he might cut there because that kilo might make a big difference as far as his weight cut. And his training looks good right now. We'll see if he can execute. Do you have any idea what his current body? Do you have any idea what his current body weight is? I I was thinking he probably bumped up a good deal. Do you already? 
Do you? Do, do you have inside information? I do not have inside. Oh, you 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 pose you you propose a question like you totally did. You're like, uh, no, before I you start not, saying something stupid, I you want to shut the fuck up, Angelo, because you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I guesstimated his weight at one seventy-five when I was doing the tallies. Okay. That was my guesstimate for the knowledge that I, I that we figured he was going up to eighty-three. So I figured. He was weighing a bit more than he normally did, which I, I don't I don't know what he walked around at, but I was gonna guess he walked around like one sixty eight to one seventy. So I figured if he's been gaining some weight, I was he's around one seventy five now. I have no inside information on that. Okay, though. all right. Well, I think I, I think based on how training's going, and I think I think uh, because for nationals for him it was a rough prep. Uh, he expressed that to me, and a lot of people around him expressed like it was just it was hard, you know, and that's what happens. It, it I, I'm actually going through a lot of the same things that Michael's going through now with my training. We're like, like it's just not quite there as far as 13 weeks go. Like you know, even sitting down, my hip hurts, my knee hurts, my shoulder hurts, and like apparently for nationals for him it was it was worse. It was it was something where he really couldn't get into the gym and train how he wanted to train. It seems like this time he is definitely doing what he wants to do. He's having fun with training, and I think if this is his last meet within that weight class, I think it's going to be a really good last hurrah. And also, again, if you can total, his best total at 74 is 77 and a half. If he can do that same thing, he might walk away with some money here, depending on how other people do. So, And that's big, again. And really, it seems like... This is. I'm just thinking about the future here, as far as 74s go, or I mean, 74s and 75s. Taylor Atwood has expressed that he wants to do PLA. Now, I think we're all up in the air what lifters are going to do as far as where they want to compete. I think a lot of lifters are just holding out until they see things unfold. But if Taylor Atwood does leave, that does leave a very competitive field in 75, where C and Perk are actually. I still think going at one another. I think Perk is going to continue to build in the weight class, and he has that upper hand because he builds into it. But it, it's it's no longer like C needs to move to 83. That was the conversation after Nationals. He needs to move up. Now, with potential difference in weight class, I think he might stick around. I don't know. This is completely a speculation on my, my end. That would, that would be very interesting. I agree that one kilo may make a difference. He may find out because like I've had this with some lifters. Um, there's sometimes I think no, I'm not going to get into the whole like background of this, but like going up a weight class because of the increased work intake is improving your recovery and tends to sometimes help with the ability to handle your train workload better, which then leads to sometimes less aches and pains because your, your threshold rate is up. If he's feeling really good, I wonder if he'd want to go back down and start getting back into that again versus mm-hmm. I just like feeling really good. Because I, I think 82 would be a great class for me. That, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't thought about the fact that if Taylor leaves, it would be very interesting to see him come back and battle Perk. If he doesn't, I don't know who's going to battle Perk. Perk might just kind of be Taylor in that class and winning by 40 kilos. So Yeah, I mean, that's, um, I mean, that's also assuming that everyone stays. Like that's as, Even with the lifters here, I'm just con- – con- I don't know what they're going to do. I don't think they're under a uh, under a suspension if they do this meet. Quite yet, right? You mean you go, you go to PLA? I don't. I was actually just talking to some people about that. I, I, I'm using precedent in Australia. You could go and switch to the new Fed. We're, like, they weren't suspended because we're no longer part of IPF. So I don't know how we'd be suspended by the IPF. Just like USA is suspended by the IPF. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Like you're not, you're not an IPF member. So I think people can just go over there. It's then that once you join yeah. PLA then you're under the rules of the IPF that you can't start hopping back and forth with nationals and whatnot. So, yeah, that's right. That's uh, what I'm getting at though. I don't know where, I don't know where perks, I don't know where perk goes after this. I don't know where any of them really go. So it, like the, the, I guess talking to like the future, you're doing this, you kind of said where you're going. I fit to an extent. I yeah. think if you've done, if you're doing with me, you're kind of saying where you're going. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, some people we've kind of skimmed over. Um, I don't want to like go to, to not talk about it too much. Um, Sam Calhoun, obviously multi-time national champion. Um, she's someone that we very much probably are going to see go eight for nine, nine for nine. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't tend to add a lot. I mean, she's, she's a very advanced level lifter. She's not adding 20, 30 kilos to her total when she competes. She usually is typically trying to chip everything like every lift by two and a half, which I can see her doing. Her training looks like it's going really well. It's just that like, if she goes nine for nine with chipping her best list by two and a half, that still is going to put her on the outside looking in, but she's someone that very well, again, I'm going to use it like you, like both you and her, I don't see your top end being able to compete for second place, but if people start missing lifts, are people that are going to go eight for nine, nine for nine, hit your lifts and just let every, all the cookies crumble around you. But I'm actually almost a storyline. I care more about where versus how Natalie and Sam plays within the meat as a whole is how they place against each other. Yeah. That's more of the storyline I'm looking at. I was about to say just with the females alone, I think they should definitely be looking at the sub competition there between each other because this, you know, combining with the formulas might be a reach for some. And most people in the meet, I think I can't want to say most people in the meet because I actually think two through 14, they could actually get incredibly competitive. But I think with them, they have to still consider what they're doing and yeah, I uh, Sam Calhoun. Whenever she competes, it's going to be something in the eight for nine, but it's going to be, you know, not a twenty or a a big like twenty kilo bomb that they're going to drop on you. Like, whoa, where did that come from? Like that happens primarily from lifters who aren't as seasoned. But at the same time, she's Sam Calhoun. Um, Sam Calhoun is one of the best females to ever hit the platform, and she's going to hit her lifts, and it's up to Natalie to also hit her lifts and kind of go toe for toe with her. But also, you have. You have uh, Demetria Thayton competing in there. You, I actually, when did you start coaching her? I, I, I that was kind of a shocker. I, I, that was a surprise. Yeah, four, three, four months ago. Okay. Well, yeah, three months, three months ago. Yeah. So, so. she was, it was a definite, you know, a, a great lifter at forty-seven. Has an extra kilo to work with. If they, I don't know if you guys are deciding to stick with that extra kilo. Or you're going down to 47. Don't know what your you know your plan is on that, but she is a fantastic lifter who can really find herself in a good thick of things with all these other females. And then you have Christina Paraki as well, which God bless her. She that that knee injury or not knee injury, knee surgery um, at nationals, competing, doing a full meet, and now competing here where she's. I think she's going to look to battle. And she's a competitive person, former national champion, trying to get back to that point. I think she's going to try to put together a total that puts her in competition with um, with the two top dogs, with Sam and Natalie Richards. And then on top of that, as far as females go, you have Jen Thompson and Ariel Apatra, who was a Carolina primetime lifter too. So you have, those are the round of females. So the females just within their small pool are stacked as fuck. You have some real contenders yeah. in there within their weight class. 
Yeah, and if I'm placing them, we're going we're gonna to give our actual person placing. Natalie and Sam are kind of, I think they're kind of in their, they're up there in their league of their own. I mean, they'd have to miss some lifts, and I, I don't, especially Sam, I don't see her missing lifts. That's where Jen, she actually hit a squat PR recently. Mm-hmm. Um, her training looks like it's going well. I, I have her at like her top end though, good lift score wise. It doesn't put her as being as being able to kind of push Sam or Natalie. Um, but I, I kind of see Jen probably being solidly kind of in that third spot. And then it's going to be a really nice battle um, between Christina and Dimitri, in my opinion, for that fourth and fifth spot. Ariel, um, her training looks like it's going a lot better than it did going into, to, into Carolina primetime. Um, like she hit 292 at Carolina primetime and she just doubled 303, I think it was, on squat. So training is going really well. It's just that even with a big bump to her total, she need a lot to be start pushing in like that 105 good lift score. Eric, now, Eric. Someone's probably going to make a shirt about me now and say, question mark, 105 good lift score. Um, Laisha, thank you for calling me out. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jen misses some lifts. If she, Jen's someone, I, I mean, she's competed so much. I don't, she doesn't really care too much about, I mean, she's just a gamer. I could see her if she has a chance to try and pull into a second or something mm-hmm. or do something crazy, which could open the door for Dimitri or Christina popping into that third spot for women, which getting top five at one of these pro series meets, those points are very valuable though. I mean, it's a big difference between getting top five and in a bigger meet getting like 15. That, that's a big difference in points. Yeah, and uh, speaking more on Ariel Zen, I think that's a lifter right now who's figuring it out, and we're going to see more of her in these real top three or top five, top three competitions in the future. I think she's someone who's figuring it out, and also like I can tell when a lifter has a fire lit under their ass, and that's Ariel. Like she's someone who really loves the sport and wants to go far in the sport, and. It's refreshing to see, but also I put my I put more of my faith in those type of lifters than a person who's just gifted. But you know they're in it for either the the clout or because it's a thing to do. I think I think um, where, uh, it was what Candido said, like a, a lifetime lifter. I think that's what she just based on my you know interactions with her and what I see from her. She's a lifetime lifter where those people are typically more successful. So I think we're going to see more of her in these, you know, real uh, top contender spots come nationals in the next upcoming years uh, at this meet. And, and still at this meet, when if you get to potentially knock off Jen Thompson, then like that's, that's, uh, that's a big feather in your cap. And you have the opportunity to do that. You get to share a platform with these lifters. That's actually one of the best parts about this meet is just you get to share the platform with this lifter. And also, I mean, unless you have another point, I want to segue – I'm going to share the warm-up room with Ray Williams. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. I never thought this would happen in my goddamn life, and so many different reasons. One being that I'm an 83-kilo lifter. I'm not saying this is a lifelong dream of mine to, to do it, but I'm going to do it, and it's going to be a surreal moment because I, if, you're, if you're like my age, Ray Williams was the guy, like the first thing you saw into the USAPL. It was him. I'll I'll use that as a point to segue into my own, one of my other lifters to hype him up a little bit. I was telling Lorenzo, who I coach, it looks like he's going to have this second squat in flight A to Ray Williams. I was like, <laughs> the only bigger squat in your flight is going to be Ray Williams. Let that sink in. Because Lorenzo's never done nationals. He's never done nationals. He's never done the Arnold. He's never done a big meet before. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's going to be followed up by Ray Williams, um, which... 
Ray per per usual isn't posting videos of his training. He both he just posts really <laughs> crappy iPhone pictures. Oh my god! We have to somehow zoom in and try and count the plates and oh. see if we can figure out how much he's lifting. It does look like he's lifting a lot, but I can't tell because it's so blurry with his iPhone three. So I guess with all the lifters here, Ray Williams. I mean, classic Ray Williams is him just like what the fuck is he doing right now? And also just questioning why he would post certain things on Instagram. Like he's just, I don't know. That's the kind of guy who's just like, he's just having fun and he's just a fucking, you know, kind of an old dude who lifts a shit ton of weights. And that's how like you see it on social media. And it's, it's awesome. Um, but he still hasn't lost that aura. Cause we're all sitting here like, holy shit, we're going to see Ray Williams in action. And none of us really got to share the platform with him or a warm up room with him. And it's going to be, it's just going to be a crazy thing to see. And, I mean, the return of the platform for him, I mean, I, still, he's he, he isn't gone yet. We don't – that's the other thing. We just don't know what he can hit. Like, I just don't know what he can hit. I We're going to see on meet day. But if he puts something together nutty, of course, he's going to turn the heads of everyone in powerlifting, including one Jesus Alaveras. So that's something that you really have to look out for is what he totals. Still, people are – just like all the sports, people compare you to others, and Jesus is still compared to Ray. And I think yeah. Jesus clarified himself as the current best in the world, but Ray still exists, and we still have to wait for what Ray does. Yeah, and we want to see that matchup. I, I sounds like I think Ray's sticking USAPL, and I kind of hope that I really think, based off of my plate counting on the iPhone three pictures, it looks like Ray can total twenty three hundred. That looks like he's 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 squatting over 900 routinely and possibly deadlifting over 800. If he can do that, he can go 2300. And if he can go 2300, there's only one person I want to see Jesus compete against in the world. There's no one else. There's no one on no the other, world scene that's no other super heavy. Yeah, it's no other. Ray versus Jesus. That is all we need to see. So, mm-hmm. okay, I'm gonna come back around real quick. Lorenzo again. He's pro- He's not gonna be in the placing in regards to this meet, but I am gonna throw this out there. Like. I, he he's going to get pretty close to an 800 kilo total, which at 93 is good, but that's not getting you like top 10 at nationals. The thing with Lorenzo, um, he is underweight for 93. That 90 kilo class was a big old blessing because like last meet he waited at 201. Um, so I, I would love to see how he kind of like, he, he could, very possibly be a decently uh, a pretty competitive lifter at 90 kilos come nationals time um it'll be interesting because we'll, we'll have to see who cuts down 90 but he's someone that was this weight class was perfect for in wow. the first place. a 93 kilo lifter who got benefited from the new weight classes that's not hurt uh, of. yeah it does it does happen some people aren't not i mean there's there's a nice little range there of like what people can weigh that's something marcus adoto we kind of skipped over him his lifts are going fantastic. He's in a 716 squat. He failed 760 on deadlift, but that was one of those ones that, like, it seems like with a taper he's probably got. I mean, I've got him at a total that would have gotten him third at nationals. The question mark, there, it seemed like he's hinting that he's going to go up to 100 kilos. I thought for him, 90 kilos is like, oh, my gosh, that's the perfect weight class for him. He's so damn big. It's it's He is, I think, him and Michael C., and actually, we have, I mean, me and Petrie talked about it. We have, like, the best looking. Coco. Yeah, we have the best Most looking jacked. platform, I think. Aside from maybe if you just, if you want to add Russ in there, like, this is the most aesthetically pleased. This is, like, their goals for everyone, really. If you are if you are a power lifter, if you're a bodybuilder, these men's physique, Charles Apoco, Michael C., 
Marcus Adudu are goals. And Anton Roska, they're goals. If you're a bodybuilder, powerlifter, you want to look like them. And Marcus well, is Adam, so – and, and Marcus is my number one. Marcus looks like he he's is number, so damn jacked. As far as looks, okay. he's jacked as fuck. I he's agree. Jacked. I'm going to add two things. One, and he's tall. forgot that I'm coaching. So <laughs> since I'm coaching as well, it's basically a Nambith world championship between if you add me in there with them for physique. <laughs> two, Marcus Dodo is two, my first and only man crush that will forever reign as Charlie Dixon. Oh, well, he's not here. I'm, I'm saying when people here. I don't, don't care. Okay. I'm, I'm just saying Charlie. Also, we're one of my heart. I believe we're mispro- I might have. I actually had to check. I mean, believe we're mispronouncing a name. It is a doo-doo. I, it is Marcus Sudo. Yeah. He told me, yeah, he told me that to make sure I, because I, I actually, I think you're, I think it's your fault. I think you're making me pronounce it incorrectly. It's Marcus Sudo. Yeah. He's number one for me. Um, he's so damn big. I saw him in person. I saw him in person when he, when he was in 83 and I was like, holy shit, I want to look like you. Um, and then I saw him again two years later and him in 93. I'm like, holy fuck. I want to look like you even more now because he's just a massive, massive dude. And I think a hundred kilo, I think, I don't know. Again, another assumption, Marcus, if I said something wrong here, you can, you know, kick my ass at, uh, at the meat. But I think maybe just like the whole not cutting thing is like, yeah, this is pretty sweet. Not cutting. And he's like, he's writing that. But I, if he, if he told me today, he's going 90 kilos, it's him and Connor Borker by far the favorites. Um, yeah. 90 kilos. No, I, I, I would agree with you on that one. Yeah. I would, yeah. I would, I mean, I don't know. I, I think, I, I think we're, we're, we're going, he's going to be the tweener. What? He's going to be the tweener. I want to see what Marcus, Marcus Adudu hits and what he, not what he hits, not only what he hits, I want to see what he looks like at 220 pounds. <laughs> like how much more muscle does he add, dude? Best best body and power. I I still. I mean, Charlie's your. I think best body and powerlifting, Marcus. That's that's my pick. And then you know, I'm still going back. It was a 2018 nationals. My wife thought I was checking out a girl. She's like, "Who are you looking at?" I was like, "I was looking at Charlie. I could not get." My I eyes saw off him. Of I saw Charlie in a Target, and I didn't. I quite didn't. I didn't. I I really didn't recognize the face. I looked at him and I'm like, "Holy shit." He just reminded me of a linebacker on Iowa. I don't know why Iowa stuck out of my head, but I'm like, oh, that I'm like that guy plays linebacker for the University of Iowa. And I'm like, oh, it's Charlie you Dixon. Probably would have said Wisconsin or Iowa because farm white boys that are super jacked play for Iowa and Wisconsin. Profiling, of course, but you're doing it to white people, so who cares? Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, I get that's what, definitely what I was doing. I was just looking like, yeah, he he's he's a he plays. Football, I no question. Like he plays football for the University of Iowa, um, and I, I mean, also if we're if we're going to individual storylines here, because we were talking about ninety kilos, Jamar Royster. Now I really want to bring up Jamar Royster here because if we're looking at Ray Williams' squat, we're definitely gonna be looking at Jamar Royster's squat. He might have the most impressive squat of the meet, and actually on a take that I had that made Russ Orhe disagree with me, and actually a little bit of a debate there. Um, which I'm surprised it's going to make more waves, but Jamar can staple himself as the best pound for pound uh, squatter in the USAPL with this lift and also into powerlifting. Now, Jawan Garrison. So if he comes in at a 90, 90 kilos or something, a light 93, I think if he hits 771, absolutely. I agree. Because I, I don't have him at seven seventy one. 
It's going to be SWAT so- has not been. It hasn't been trending the same as it was about two or three months yeah, ago. I got. I think he's around like seven forty ish, and seven forty ish is amazing, but not pound oh. for pound best squatter. Seven seventy one at ninety kilos. I agree. I think that's the best squat. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess because seven seventy one would be a crazy reach because it's it's so far beyond what he's done on the platform. This is very similar to when people. This is like a, one of the Instagram comments that annoys people. Me and uh, me and a few lifters talk about how much this annoys us. Like whenever you post something, and then they say like, say if you post a six hundred pound uh, deadlift or squat, and like seven hundred just around the corner, and it's like, no, it isn't. You sound like an idiot. And also, like when you predict numbers, I hate when people do that because they just assume that you can get it, and if you don't get it, you feel like a piece of shit, and. I think that's kind of happening with Jamar's squat. Not so much that I think people are setting the bar incredibly high for him. And like you said, a 740 to 750 squat would be how many pounds? 20 pounds above the current record in the USAPL? Is it, se- is it at 730? Yeah, it was 773. Yeah, I mean. So if he does that, yeah. he's, mer- he's, destro- he's blowing a record out of the water, which is incredible. Which I think he actually is. I, 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 this is my hot take. I think he easily does that. I think he has the capabilities of definitely scoring seven seventy one, and that'll make him the best. Russ pop, 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 that too, if he if he just didn't cut, Russ would probably squat that. This thing, Russ would squat seven forty, seven fifty, probably no problem if he just stayed around his walking weight during the off season. Yeah, but that seven seventy one where it's different. The yeah, seven seventy one is just well. Here's the thing, though. I'm gonna use I'm gonna use Russ's logic against you and kind of Russ too. Jamar would have done it and Russ hasn't. So if Jamar's the one who actually did it on the platform, and Russ he has his incredible records at 83. Don't get me wrong, and he's setting his own records. But Jamar's the guy who's done it on the platform. Can he do it? I think he can. Just like how I think Jamar can squat 771 in competition. But did he do it yet? No. So until that happens, I'm going to have to err on the side of Jamar on that one. But I'm just saying, yeah, I, I, I think he's more than capable of squatting 771 on the platform. It's just such a big jump from his previous meet best, and that is not an easy thing to do. When people talk about they see you, they see you pull – I mean, I'm going to use myself example. I know I'm talking about, a lot about myself this episode. But 738, and they're like, oh, easily you have uh, – you have 355. Like, what? 355 kilos when I just pulled 335? What are you talking about? I think people see that with Jamar. It's like 771 squat. Oh, you have 800 on a platform. Easy. Like, no, it's it's hard. It's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to make those lifts on a platform. It's actually one of the most difficult things to do in powerlifting, especially a squat. Yeah. But we're okay, all going to be glued to it. It'll be a big tell this meet to see how he's able to peak without having to cut the weight. But I'm going to bring up another squat that I think there could be an argument if he does this, it's just as impressive. Uh, there was a, a, a video of Charles Akpoko, who this, I think weighs about 155 pounds, squatting 639. This made me blow. I'm going to talk about him much. I, I don't. I don't know if he will quite be in contention for the money. He very well could be possibly in contention for top ten based on what I think he can do. But if he squats six thirty nine, weighing one fifty five, what's more impressive, that or squatting seven seventy at one ninety eight? 
So his last meet, what did he weigh in at? 154.8. I just don't know if he can. I, I mean, I don't know. I just, something something didn't sit right with that video. I, and I think it's just a personal thing. I just, hate, I, I just hate when people do that. Like, here's an empty barbell. I squatted this, like. Well, you know, I could so saying I could, post <laughs> that I squatted six forty four same thing and just, yeah, just do that always. Like I'm just like why? I get it. I don't know. This is more. Yeah, this is just a complete pet peeve of mine. This is one of my like Angelo rants on something like my Larry David of powerlifting kind of thing. I'm just like, why would you even? Why would you even do it? But I get it. You know, creating some sort of hype, creating some sort of uh, interest in the meets or what you're gonna do at the meet. I get it, but I just, like, it moved easy, huh? Well, I would have loved to have seen it, but I didn't see it. So, uh, yeah, I you know, and I agree with you, though. If he squats fucking 640 at 155, then, yeah, that would be insane. That would be ridiculous. So, yeah, he would, he might, yeah, he would put himself as possibly the best pound-for-pound squatter in the in the world right now. Also, I forgot to mention, though, with best pound-for-pound squatter in the world, uh, Jawan Garrison. Forgot about him. I think he also has claim to the best pound for pound squatter in the world. Well, then that gets into a whole debate, including yeah. untested. I know he he's supposedly natural, but he's competed in USAPL, and when he did, nothing was the same. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just I, that's because I remember making the post about well, Jamar Oyster being the best pound for pound squatter. Back, yeah, I'm using your logic back at you. Can't say it unless it's done on the platform in a USAPL. I am saying Jamar. I'm saying Jawan Garrison literally, literally had claim to that. He messaged me and said, "Uh, I think I have a pretty good claim to the best squatter in the world. I'm not saying that or best pound for pound squatter in the world. Not saying, I mean, but if we're doing that, I think it's hack. Anyways, I think we all, all all roads lead to hack, right? Just for anything? Yeah, I mean, his squat's actually his worst lift. It's great, but it's his worst lift. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I'm just, I always assume. There's some overseas guys that are squatting like 880 or something at like like 198 or something. There's some stupid stuff on the untested side of squats. Yeah, yeah, you're right on that. Yeah. All right. I retract, I I, I retract the last comment. But, uh, all right, so what do we got here? So, we got, I think, all the storylines out. Unless there's something to add, I think we go into our predictions. Yeah. I mean, there's only there's one other lifter we've kind of skipped over that's kind of in the running. Justin Rogers, <gasps> dude, um, what happened? He didn't post any. Would actually might be the biggest wild card then, because like I said on the Nationals, pre- he is stupid strong. He is a stupid strong guy, and I gave him a hard time about his technique. I'm going to continue to give him his hard time about his technique until, like, I see otherwise. But that's a guy I'm like, he's just fucking strong. That's why he's in the top ten. He is just strong. So if he figures out certain things or if he's trying to keep things close to, te- to you know, to the chest, um, maybe we are looking at another lifter who is just going to blow up and possibly get him to the top five. Justin Rogers is that strong. He is that gifted, too. He did. I just – my, my hesitancy with saying he's a dark horse here is he's two things. One, he's had chronic back pain, and two, when he hits big lifts, he typically posts them. Yeah, well, that's why maybe maybe just turn over a new leaf and not doing that. Because, I mean, hey, it's it's starting to become a trend. I mean, I think you coach a certain athlete who's kind of been doing that, huh? I think. 
We're not trying to do. Yeah, <laughs> we aren't trying to do anything here and not post anything redacted. until next week. Three redacted. But yeah, I. Yeah. So so that's. I mean, it, I think it's. A, I think it's a trend. I think it's a trend happening in powerlifting, and he could be on the trend. It's possible, but I, I mean, I've got Justin. I put him down to hit what he hit at nationals because we don't have any other. We don't have any uh, proof of anything different. Yeah, he's going to PR his squat by 30 pounds when we haven't seen anything. So I had him basically hitting what he had at nationals. Now, maybe he comes out and he has been hiding everything and Bruce is wrong, but I just didn't have anything to, to change what I saw leading in nationals or any special information. Yeah. So I agree. Um, the only thing I still know, cause I was even sure he's still coached by Sanjeev. Uh, and so I reached out to Sanjeev and he still is coaching Justin. Um, I didn't ask much about his training, but um, he's still being coached by him. So um, I, I would assume in that sense, he's obviously one under good hand. So I, I hope he comes and does something nutty because um, he had that 722 squat that he hit that he just got called on depth, I think, at Nationals. So mm-hmm. uh, if he can come do that and then put together a big meet where everything goes right, I mean, he's in he's in that. I just don't see anything to, to tell me that that's going to happen. Yeah, I know. I, I agree with you on that one. So, yeah, I guess I guess that'll wrap up well let's I'll, let's give some shout we had a couple we wouldn't mention um give a sh- shout out to a couple people so we mentioned everyone they get the little shout outs um we had so, so some people are looking at the roster are kind of like unfamiliar with some names we had some people c- kind of roll over from the pro qualifier that's yeah. how they kind of got in from the the pro qualifier we got christopher roberts um lorenzo was my lifter who got in uh, mark frizzell tracy gilliard chris cornegay um and ariel was one of those two christian cornegay and tracy gilliard um, both coached by Abby, um, Zoe Strength, um, coached by Marcellus. Um, so uh, he represented there. Um, who coached by? I came up with that earlier. I'm forgetting now. Um, but yeah, we got Christopher Roberts and Mark Frizzell. Christopher Roberts, strong dude. I mean, he had a 101 good lift score. Uh, again, he could put up a great total at this meet. Um, he weighs in a very, maybe he misweighted that meter, just didn't try and cut because he weighed in at 184 and competed at 93, that pro qualifier. Um, if he can add to that, um, very, very strong 83 kilo lifter. Um, but yeah, just wanted to give those guys their shout outs, um, since we didn't talk about them too much. Um, fantastically deserving. I mean, they are now pro power lifters, um, just in the sense of placing, um, um, they don't likely have uh, uh, a good shot at that top five or top 10. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it is, you know, you do have the fact that they are pros in there and that's actually something to be very proud of and um, still terrific lifters. And also, again, this meet is going to give them some points and you get some points. It's going to dictate how you do it, or it's going to have some sort of effect, uh, whether it be nationals, whether it be the Arnold, whether it be other pro meets, like it's, just something that it's rewarding them because they are fantastic lifters. Like if you have a hundred good lift points yeah. or whatever you do, like if you want to do dots, if you have their dots, they're fantastic lifters. Um, and they, I actually think they deserve to be professional. I think a lot of people in the sport deserve to be professional because they're that damn good at it. And those people have gotten to a point where they're that good at powerlifting where you deserve to be rewarded for it. So going to see them compete as well. Um, did we talk enough about Jake Amendola? I just love him. He's so damn good. Oh, we didn't talk about him much. I don't know. Like I aside mean, from yeah. just him just putting up, like he he's the he's the all right. Well, I don't know. Like, is he gonna have the best subtotal? Like, is his subtotals in our flight? Like, I, 
he just posted a cut well talking about cutoff videos he posted a cutoff video of, of 710 squat and didn't post the full thing and then he hit that 620 bench i mean the big thing with him um he, he's probably off of good lift score not in great contention for like top five i mean the thing i'm looking for for him is he's going to have a huge squat but does he hit that 600 pound bench on the platform yeah i mean that i mean i, I figure that's one of the big things here that that's kind of the, the storyline with him yeah, because he's a fantastic lifter, and also it's just like where people really tune into the deadlift. He's the one guy in in powerlifting really where you tune into his bench. You you it is yeah. must watch TV watching him bench. It is beautifully technique, but also the weight on the bar. You can't you can't help not to be impressed by it, no matter who you are. And he makes everyone happy. I don't think Jacob Mendoza's got a negative bench comment ever in his life. He doesn't have the super arch. He doesn't rely on anything. It's just fucking, it's beautiful. It's beautiful technique, but also just some pure God-given strength. And also his subtotal is something to marvel at. And you should all be doing that. That's the Bill McCarthy way. Lifters are just brute strength on that bench press. I mean, I'll argue if he hits that 600-pound bench, I don't think anyone else would have a more impressive lift at the Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I that would, man. There, there's gonna be a lot of highlights at the end. That, that if that could be one of them too, that would be fantastic to see. But yeah, I again, I I don't even. Well, actually, I should be so low on the uh, bench press during that flight that I I will be able to see it. So, <laughs> yeah, I think I think I'll be probably opening the flight off. Uh, He's going to be like 120 pounds more than anyone else in that flight on bench. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, I think I mean the second 100, 115 because the second highest bench I have, if he benches 600, I've got Brandon Petrie at 485 that would be second to last bench. Damn, in there. that flight. Yep. Yeah, well, that's going to be yeah. That's that's. I think a lot of people are going to have. Uh, that's gonna be a lot of fun. That's gonna be a lot of fun uh, to see him bench. And I think if, if anyone listening, if you're not a Jake Amendola fan, please be one because he does he does almost the impossible in powerlifting, especially in natty power or uh, raw natty powerlifting, and that's make bench press like a spotlight lift. He's the guy. People call Keiko Mister Bench. I I might call Jake Mister Bench. He's got to hit six hundred. Because Keiko, what, he's hit 520 or 30? Yeah. I still, I call that more impressive than Jake, I think, has hit 562 or 567. Yep. At 105. He's, he's got to go 600, and if he goes 600, he's he's Mr. Bench. Yes. All right. Well, the battle for Mr. Bench. I guess that'll close off the storylines here until our predictions. All right. So let's go combined. I'll go first on this one. Okay. Um, shocker, I'm going Ashton. Number one. Yeah. I am going perk number two. I think he's got the inside track for it. I think that Petrie, Clements, and Bob have to do something a nine for nine day and have to do something that would be insanity to get second, which I think is possible, but it's about what I think I would bet my money on. And right now I think Perk can hit seven eighty. And so I got him at second. Mm-hmm. In third. This is where it gets interesting. I'm, I'm, I've actually got a scenario I played out because I couldn't decide. I've got Brandon in second, Daniel in fourth, Bob in fifth. And my what's going to happen is Daniel's going to set the standard for what they need to hit. Mm-hmm. Brandon's hitting his final deadlift. 
Bob misses his final deadlift. That's how it plays out where they're third, fourth, and fifth. Okay. All right. Oh. All right. That kind of actually is uh, is telling because I think the big storyline to Petrie and Bob. So if you have Petrie going above Bob here, that's telling us something. All right. Well, it's not even in the spirit of competition. I think this is actually what this is like my initial thought, and this is what I'm sticking with. Daniel Clements, number two. Okay. Bob Matthews, number three. Bannon Petrie, number four. And Perk, fifth. That well, is we, just what I initially... We have, we have a big flip-flop there, so exactly. that would be fun. It's not in the spirit of competition. Up. I just... That's kind of when I saw the announcers be finalized, that's just what I thought in my head. Yeah, so that's what I thought in my head when I first saw the roster. And... I don't know. I'm gonna stick with it. It could be it could be the worst decision right. I've ever made. But I actually been doing pretty good in these uh, prediction things as far as just not going on any analytics at all. I I, I can't argue with that. Like I mean, I, again, if someone wanted to put Dave Wilson in the top five, or Jamar, or Natalie, or Sam, or Marcus, or Michael C, or Jake, I, I couldn't argue with any of it because it. it like I said, the only reason I could even get to my predictions is by creating a scenario. Like I don't, I'm not expecting Bob to miss a deadlift. I'm just creating this scenario where I see Brandon hitting his deadlift. Bob is going to need to pull more because he's, I think Brandon is likely going to have him on subtotal and then Bob will miss his deadlift. And that's somehow how Brandon wins. And then Daniel will just kind of be in the middle there. That's, I just see how it playing out. So that's pretty simple though, because that's our men's placing too. Yeah, that's not going to I mean, that just can't transfers over for women's. I've got Natalie Richards first, Sam Calhoun second, Jennifer Thompson third, Demetria Thayton fourth, Christina Paraki fifth. Um, yeah, I mean, that one, I think that's actually kind of straightforward here. I would definitely have Natalie Richards as number one, uh, Sam Calhoun, same thing as number two, I think with three, hmm, three, four, five. I think Christina Paraki, yeah, so Jen Thompson, I just think that veteran is going to kind of add to it as far as Demetria kind of going. So I think Christina Paraki, I'll do it. Number three, Jen Thompson, number four, and Demetria Thayton, number five. Okay. All right. It's set. Um, so we've got one cool thing to add to this. The two white lights is going to be releasing. Um, it's going to be on our website. So we've obviously got the point series. Um, USAPL is going to have that on their website. We might even do that on the two white light website if we're allowed to. Um, as two white lights though, something we want to do is a coaching team standings point series. I don't know if we have an official name for it yet. It was kind of uh, uh, credit to Kyle Miller, Kyle project strength. He came up with the idea to kind of mimic the formula one constructors championship. Um, and I think it's a really cool idea. Um, we're going to have a leaderboard going, um, throughout the entire year that updates after every meet that is individual coaches and teams. It's going to be two separate ones because obviously we have some people like myself or Marcellus that are just individual coaches and that's it. Or you got teams like game day or strength athlete or Nori or flex that have multiple coaches. So athletes are under them. So we're going to have both of those going. Um, so we'll eventually have that up on the website so people can keep track of that. Um, and we'd like, if there's any people listening to this that would like to sponsor this, we'd love to see if we can get something together here. 
um, to give out to the coaches, possibly the top three um, coaches and or teams. We'll just kind of, I don't really know how it's going to play out fully. It'll just be kind of an experiment. If the coaching one or the team one is going to be more of the one we're going to kind of bias towards is like the main standings. Um, I'm leaning towards the individual coaches as the main one. Um, but we'd like to possibly award the top three with something, whether that's we get enough sponsorship stuff where we can give out some cash prizes, or if it's just like some trophy of a chiseled Jack dude, and we're going to give it to them so that they can have a Jack trophy dude in their living room to show off. Yeah. Oh no, I was, yeah, that like, I would, I don't know. Like that's a, that's a terrific idea. I loved it. I'm going to belt a championship belt. Yeah. I finally get my belt idea to go. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, um, I, I actually think like uh, something that's uh, unique to coaches, like what is something that powerlifting coaches always have on them or something like you can make a trophy out of, like put it on a mantle. I love the idea. I just love the the fact of a leaderboard. And also it's kind of bringing our little uh, team comparisons to NFL teams, like to life and actually making it, making it something that uh that I think isn't emphasized enough in powerlifting as the coaches and teams. Like I really do think people are starting to rally behind their teams a little bit more and identifying their teams a little bit more. So I think adding to that will be a really great idea when it was when you guys were talking about it. I really love the idea and also, you know, get a little competition going between the coaches too. Like they're competitive as well and I think they would like to benefit from it. Um a sponsor like you said, would be fantastic. I'm just trying now. Now I'm so thought like now I'm so like heavy on the coaching. I don't. Me, how about a crystal like the coach's trophy? The the best trophy, the most underrated and best trophy in sports that's retired was the coach's trophy in college football, where they the crystal ball, the crystal football. How about like yeah. a crystal like kilo plate? I would, I would, that might be way out of our if price someone range. Wants, yeah, we <laughs> way out of our price range, but. And that will also break every other year. <laughs> someone dropping it. Yeah. We'll see. You know, that's I how, know, we'll that's how you out. inaugurate to, it. I mean, it, it's pretty simple. To give a breakdown how it works is pretty simple. It's just going to be total points. So, like, you got Marcellus has five lifters. He's got Ashton, Michael, Jamar, Bob, Brandon. They're going to get points for the point series. Like, first place gets 50 points. That's going to be released soon on all the points for the point series. It's just going to add up. And so, uh, I mean, there is obviously a benefit. If you have more lifters doing the pro series and playing well, you're going to get more points than a coach who has one person, which is completely fair. Like, the point is to award the coach who has the most and all of the best lifters combined um, to be the best coach. The best coach isn't the person who just coaches one person that's good. It's the person who coaches a lot of people who are good and placing well. So. Yeah. Um, the only thing we'll have is there's a tiebreaker. It will come down to average placing. So if like somehow there's a tiebreaker and like Marcellus and <laughs> someone else ties and Joe ties or something. I just, I just um, thought about it. Marcellus has, I just thought about a tie higher breaker. average placing. I just thought about a tiebreaker though. What? Whoever, who, I just thought, I thought about a tiebreaker. What? Whoever, whatever coach has the highest total. That's the tie, tiebreaker. <laughs> No, I'm biased. I don't want yeah, that. Yeah, I know that. It's not fair. Yeah, I know, but I actually think that's that's actually relatively good. I, I automatically lose. Yeah, because then it forces coaches to compete, and it's yeah. not, not just Marcellus anymore, who's like actively competing, and like Noriega gets a really. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I yeah I really like that idea. Um, 
as well. And also, uh, shout out to all the people who shared the graphic yesterday and said, where's Flex and where's TSG? Well, if you guys would use your reading comprehension skills, you'd find out that it is for the people initially doing the Virginia Pro. So TSG and Flex does not have those people. I, I, didn't, ha- I didn't see that. Were people messaging you about that? Uh, kind of. It was more on story reshares and also our story reposts and also like people uh, just kind of commenting in group chats like, oh, my God, you left out flex. I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. No, I didn't. And I love when people do that to think I'm in the wrong. But I'm like, oh, no, you're the stupid one. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, of course, you know, if flex has a bunch of pro lifters, he will be probably the top dog to start off. I mean, I can't really imagine. Uh, I mean, it'll be, I think him and team craftsmanship, but yeah, that's the point of this is kind of to make, make that a little fun battle. Really actually see flex lifters, Marcellus's lifters, game day lifters, all these other coaches tree and see how their pro lifters stack up with one another. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, could we all, could we unofficially as two white lights hand out pro cards to the coaches, pro coach cards? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I might be a breach in our we a breach in our power, but on unofficial pro cards, Unoffic- unofficial pro coach. Oh, you know what we should give as a trophy? Just a bunch of cut off the uh, hoodie or uh, cutted sleeve hoodies. That's what we should give out as trophies. Just a bunch of those. Custom two white lights, cut off <laughs> sleeve hoodies. Yeah, for it. and hopefully everyone's a Bill Belichick fan. But um, actually, that's what. I'm so surprised none of you. You actually got you got to get your just logo on the, the the hoodie, cut the sleeves off, and just wear that. That's I'm surprised that hasn't been taken yet, unless someone has. So, all right. Well, I think on that note we can end this episode. Next time you'll be hearing from us will probably be a recap of this very meet, which I don't know when that will be. Yeah. Probably, probably two. Might even. Are you gonna do? Are you gonna do? Are we gonna do a recap? Or are you just gonna do like a Angelo Joe? Well, recap? we we always do that as far as me goes. But as far as the competition itself and highlighting all the moments, of course, I think we got to do the uh, two white lights, two white lights recap. If we're known, we're known for two things: pissing off people on previews and also pissing off people on recaps. At first, I thought it was the recaps until we did the preview for the showdown, and we pissed off people then too. So. We got to stick with this. Ups- okay. Upset people good. with what we say and about predictions and then recaps. So, and what we said about their meets. Like, I think every single one we've done, we've ruffled a few feathers here and there, which is good. It's good. Yeah. Thing. I pissed you off this time. Yeah, I was really upset. I can't believe you would go. I, I can't believe you would be that anti American or anti Italian American on the podcast and also somehow misogynistic, but. Um, I'm be, anti-American Cub fans. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's fine. But uh, all right. Well, this is going to do it for Two White Lights. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. And also, but before I say peace, tune into the Virginia Pro live stream. Will be posted on uh, uh, probably USAPL Virginia, but also all the lifters who are going to competing are going to post a live stream. You have to pay some money for it, but. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a great meet. So make sure you're tuning into that and now peace.